The movie Amazing Grace opens today. We'll discuss why Christians should support it. And speaking of movies, is Al Gore's film An Inconvenient Truth nominated for the wrong Oscar? After all, the best documentary should be based on fact, not fiction. And we'll discuss the continuing battle over freedom of religious expression. This is Jerry Johnson live from Crystal College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is Penna Dexter. The rights of man come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. Free at last, thank God, we are free at last. If we ever forget that we're one nation under then we will be a nation gone under. Some great speeches from uh, John F. Kennedy, the President of the United States, Martin Luther King, and also former President Ronald Reagan. They are great speeches. Uh, They'd be better if you could hear the whole speech without God bleeped out. Uh, But there are forces in this country that would bleep God and Jesus out of public life and public schools, and we're going to talk about that battle with Mike Johnson of the Alliance Defense Fund later in the program. I'm Penna Dexter. I'm so glad to be with you, sitting in for Dr. Jerry Johnson here on Jerry Johnson Live. He will be back in the saddle on Monday, and I'll be here with him. Uh, We're also going to issue a call today for you to go out and see the wonderful film opening today, Amazing Grace. It's produced by the same folks, Walden Media, that did The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's a wonderful movie, and we'll talk about why it's important for Christians to go and see it today, tomorrow, or Sunday. And then we're going to continue along the Hollywood theme, the Oscars are Sunday night. Al Gore's documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, will likely win. Uh, But we're going to bring on a guest who says that uh, the best documentary is for a movie based on fact. Some of this movie is seriously just downright untrue, made up and embellished and uh, shouldn't even fit into that category. Uh, Of course, it's not going to be pulled now, but uh, we're going to talk about that with a representative from CNS News. But I want to mention that uh, Iran missed a very important deadline this week, and it was a deadline to halt uh, enrichment of uranium. The UN's nuclear watchdog agency says that Iran continues to defy the Security Council, as we hear in this report. The International Atomic Energy Agency reports that not only has Iran ignored a UN Security Council deadline to stop enriching uranium, it's expanded the program. U.S. Deputy Delegate Jackie Sanders says that opens the way for tighter sanctions from the council. I think it's clear that they've ignored the last resolution, so it would it would 
be obvious to us, at least, that we, we do need to ratchet up the pressure. The report says Iran has built nearly a thousand centrifuges for uranium and continued to build a heavy water reactor in violation of UN resolutions. The council plans to talk next week about its response. Warren Levinson, United Nations. So what do we do about Iran? Well, the Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates, and also the Secretary of State, Condoleezza Rice, are saying that uh, there's still a lot of negotiation and diplomacy that will take place, basically signaling that uh, there will not be military action in Iran. Now, uh, Vice President Cheney has said something different. Uh, he wants to leave all options on the table. And Prime Minister Tony Blair says that Great Britain will not support military action in Iran. Uh, also in Iraq, this whole idea that we mentioned yesterday of a slow bleed, uh, putting restrictions on the funding of our troops in Iraq to really get us to have to pull our troops faster than President Bush would like, is not really gaining traction even among opponents of the troop surge in Iraq. Iraq. Instead, they're going to try a different tack. They're going to seek to repeal the 2002 use of force. Uh, this is the tactic now of uh, House Democrats, uh, and uh, we'll hear a lot more about that this week. Well, as I mentioned, uh, this weekend, starting today, a wonderful movie. Uh, it's really a biopic about the life of William Wilberforce, uh, and uh, the movie is entitled Amazing Grace. Remember, God made men equal. I once was blind, but now I see. Did I write that? Yes, you did. Now at last it's true. Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace uh, is the movie. It's out today, and uh, it's really a model for today's grassroots activists, also a model for leaders in society, and really just anyone who wants to make a difference, who has convictions and uh, needs the courage to act on them. This is an encouragement in that regard. And KCBI's John Clemens had a chance to talk with the producer of the movie, Ken Wales, who says that he prays that Christians will support this movie, Amazing Grace, uh, Amazing Grace, which is being released in theaters today. It is so important to the film and especially to films like this and to Christians everywhere that indeed the film succeed the first weekend in the box office at the theaters because this is the one way that the industry measures the success or strength of a film is by that box office the first week. And as I mentioned, this movie is the story of William Wilberforce and his struggle. Uh, first of all, he struggled over whether to serve God or to serve in Parliament. Then he found out that he didn't have to make a choice between those two, uh, because as he did serve in Parliament, he was confronted with the agonies of slavery, and he was challenged uh, by his spiritual mentor, John Newton, who also wrote the uh, hymn, Amazing Grace. He was challenged to promote God's will on earth, by serving in government, it was a 20-year battle to end slavery, and this movie is that story done beautifully. And Ken Wales, the producer of Amazing Grace, again urging all Christians to see the movie. Well, I would like to invite them to experience this wonderful film about a hero, a man, a Christian reformer who literally changed the world. 
It's someone we've lost in our history. We don't know that much about him, and what a joy to discover this hero and to bring him forth as a modern hero today in our lives. This is going to be extraordinary. You know, it's a really good time for this movie to come out. Uh, we're ending February, which is Black History Month, and also the 200th anniversary of Britain's abolition of slavery is actually today, I believe, and so this movie is a reminder of this freedom for which uh, so many fought, including William Wilberforce, and uh, that's why this movie is so important. And uh, Ken Wales, again, the producer, uh, says that if Christians look around, they can actually find others like William Wilber, uh, Wilberforce living today. Wilberforce was so captivated and completely mesmerized by his mission, then it shows that one man persevering can indeed make a difference in how we need those characters in our lives today. And if you begin to look around, you'll find Wilberforces in many different areas. Are you planning to see this movie? Have you already seen it today? Uh, give us a call and let us know if you saw it or if you plan to see it and why at 1-800-881-9270. You know, it's kind of amazing uh, that you would actually get such a clear presentation of Christ in Hollywood. Uh, and, you know, we like to see that. We like to see these movies. And, you know, it's it's rare that we come out and highly recommend a movie. Uh, but uh, a lot of the Christian groups around the country are actually recommending that Christians get out and see it. And Ken Wales, uh, again, the producer, says there's a great line from uh, the film that he prays that every Christian remembers. In a feature film such as this, to hear Albert Finney portraying John Newton, and in his later years when he's going blind with Wilberforce's hand on his shoulder, Newton, portrayed by Finney, says, Wilbur, there are two things I've learned in my life. I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior. That's in a feature motion picture. You know, I think what's important is to look at the life of William Wilberforce. He was blessed with many things. He was blessed with money. He was blessed with a great uh, speaking voice and ability to speak uh, and as a great orator. And he was uh, blessed with being able to sing beautifully. He did have uh, some... Uh, issues, though, some handicaps. One of those was that he was a sickly person, and yet he battled for 20 years against the British slave trade. Uh, he used the position and the gifts that God gave him for good, uh, but I think uh, what you'll see in this movie is you'll see a human, someone who is fully human, who is able to uh, basically produce these results because it's not him producing them. It's uh, God through him doing this. And Ken Wales, who again the, uh, produced this movie, Amazing Grace, says that the song Amazing Grace has touched so many people all around the world ever since the slave trade in the late 18th century. It is just extraordinary how that song has permeated the lives of so many people. And I think it has so much to do with redemption. The lyrics, of course, the words to Amazing Grace are very much the story of John Newton about being a wretch, about being a bad person and suffering, and then God's Amazing Grace reaches in and saves his life. And I think it is appropriate because John Newton in our film plays a very important part. He is portrayed by Albert Finney, the great English actor, and indeed Albert Finney does an Academy Award performance. It's just super, it's terrific. 
That is Ken Wales, producer of the movie Amazing Grace. Again, uh, he spoke with KCBI's John Clemens. And uh, Ken Wales is actually scheduled to be our guest on Jerry Johnson Live coming up next week, and he'll tell us then more about the movie. Uh, But as you heard him say, and you also heard Ted Bear say yesterday, Ted Bear from Movie Guide, that uh, the box office attendance on opening weekend is actually crucial to send a message to Hollywood Uh, that the movie going public is going to support this and other movies like this. Often uh, this determines whether or not the movie will stay in the theaters a long time or not. And also it just sends a message to Hollywood, we want more movies like this. The Passion of the Christ certainly sent that message and uh, we'd love to see this movie send the message. And you know, we did talk yesterday about the relationship between the title Amazing Grace and uh, this movie uh, about William Wilberforce John Newton, who was a slave trader at one time, became the spiritual mentor of William Wilberforce, encouraging him in this 20-year battle to finally, uh, after 20 years, get the House of Commons to vote to abolish the slave trade in Great Britain. And uh, he also, John Newton, uh, penned composed the beautiful hymn, probably the favorite of many of us, Amazing Grace. And uh, so that's how the movie got its name. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to see the movie this weekend. I want to mention to all of you uh, next week, a very important event taking place here at the Quizwell College. March 1st, 2007, that's next Thursday, March 1st, is Encounter Criswell. This is a time for anyone interested in the Criswell College and what is offered here at the uh, this college to find out more about it in person. You can go to the classes. You can worship in chapel. Uh, you can have lunch with professors here uh, at the Criswell College. It's Encounter Criswell. You can find out more by going to www.criswell.edu or giving us a call at 800-899-0012. That's Encounter Criswell at the Criswell College. Also, uh, this week, uh, we have launched the ability for you to go to our website at Jerry Johnson Live to hear archived shows. We've been sending out CDs to those of you who ask, but this is a much better, easier, and more efficient way for you to listen to programs that you've either heard about or you want to hear again uh, simply because uh, you heard something that you want to make sure you heard right or uh, get a reference resource, something else. So you can go to talk. I'm sorry, you can go to www.jerryjohnsonlive.com. That's www.jerryjohnsonlive.com. We are taking your calls. Actually, uh, we will continue to take your calls throughout the program. Uh, But uh, I want to mention that Sunday night is the Academy Awards. And, uh, you know, I really thought that the best documentary was supposed to be fact based on fact, but our next guest says that uh, Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth should actually be disqualified from that category because the central story in it that tugs at our emotions is not fact, it's fiction. We'll talk about it next on Jerry Johnson Live. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. 
Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture in the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with his word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Early this morning, Hurricane Katrina slammed into New Orleans. Is it possible that we should prepare against other threats besides terrorists? From Paramount Classics comes a film that has shocked audiences everywhere they've seen it. The Arctic is experiencing faster melting. If this were to go, sea level worldwide would go up 20 feet. This is what would happen in Florida. Around Shanghai, home to 40 million people. The area around Calcutta, 60 million. Here's Manhattan. The World Trade Center Memorial would be underwater. Think of the impact of a couple hundred thousand refugees, and then imagine a hundred million. We have to act together to solve this global crisis. Our ability to live is what is at stake. It's no wonder I saw an article yesterday that says global warming concerns are keeping children awake at night. I think that's the goal of Al Gore's movie, An Inconvenient Truth. And it would be great if it were a call to political action, which I guess it is, if it were true. But all of it's not true, as our next guest tells us. Kevin Mooney is uh, with CNSNews.com, one of my favorite news sources every day. He is a reporter there. And Kevin, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Well, we heard Al Gore in The Inconvenient Truth. Uh, he's up for his movie, is up for Best Documentary this weekend at the Academy Awards. Very likely he could win all well and good. But uh, I noticed uh, that you don't even think the movie fits into the category Best Documentary. What about it? Well, no. What we found is, according to the Academy's own standards, and I would just direct anyone to Rule 12 Academy Awards. You can, you can Google it. Um, but the long and the short of it is that the Academy has very specific rules about documentary films. In other words, you can use reenactments, you can use animation, and other narrative techniques to tell your story. But the emphasis has to be on fact, not on fiction. And we seized on this specific example of the polar bears because we found that the science that Gore used to bolster his claims is very dubious. And that, in fact, we've, we've interviewed a couple of scientists who now said that far from being in danger, the polar bear population is actually increasing. Um, and, oh, by the way, you, uh, these reports about melting uh, sea ice that will change their habitat and, and perhaps lead to their extinction uh, over the long term is also greatly exaggerated. Uh, so it's, it's a debatable topic, and Al Gore certainly is entitled to have his view on that. Um, there are divergent views you know, within science on the question of global warming. Some scientists say that it's driven by Mother Nature. Some say there's a human influence. Uh, but Gore, 
uh, is making a blanket claim that polar bears are drowning, even though there, there's only one documented instance we have of that that doesn't relate to global warming. And if the Academy were strict in enforcing this standard, as it has in the past, uh, this footage that Gores uh, uses in his documentary is rooted in fiction, not in fact. And we make the argument, or I should say our sources make the argument, uh, that this film should be disqualified on the, that ground alone. Well, speaking of uh, the movie An Inconvenient Truth and the linchpin, really the emotional linchpin of the movie, uh, it is a very sad story, and it is about polar bears. And here's Al Gore. There is a faster buildup of heat here at the North Pole in the Arctic Ocean and the Arctic generally than anywhere else on the planet. That's not good for creatures like polar bears who depend on the ice. A new scientific study shows that for the first time they're finding polar bears that have actually drowned, swimming long distances up to 60 miles to find the ice. And they didn't find that before. But what does it mean to us to look at a vast expanse of open water at the top of our world that used to be covered by ice? It is really a heart-rending story. Uh, our guest is Kevin Moomy from cnsnews.com, and his story is up at cnsnews.com. You can read it. Uh, but, uh, Kevin, the unfortunate part about this is that... Uh, the story is basically untrue. Uh, there may be just this little grain of truth, but he builds a heartrending story around it that's really a bunch of lies, isn't it? Well, I, I, won't, I won't use those terms. Um, I, I no, but I will. <laughs> okay. I think it is misleading, and I think there's some hyperbole. Uh, and like I say, I, I'm all for having an open debate, which I, and I think what's most disturbing about the environmental side, and I don't think they should have full claim to calling themselves environmentalists, but we'll use those terms, is they want to have consensus. They, they're making the, an argument that there's no room for dissent here, uh, that the science is sound, which in fact it isn't. There's, there's an emerging body of scientific thought that really questions the most alarming claims about global warming. Um, but to the polar bears, he makes a couple of blanket assertions in there, number one, about, you know, for the first time ever, science is finding polar bears swimming out this far. Well, polar bears have been sturdy swimmers for a long time. That didn't happen yesterday. Um, they've always been able to swim long distances. Now, science may be observing some of this for the first time. I mean, technology might be available that wasn't available previously, but we're only studying a narrow band of polar bear populations in western Hudson Bay, the most southern portion of, uh, of where polar bears can be found. Uh, we know very little about the populations most further north. Um, and, uh, in fact, those populations appear to be increasing. Um, but the notion that there's somehow an epidemic of drowning polar bears, this, this assertion comes from a, a report by the U.S. Mineral Service, which found four polar bears that were... Four? Very four, four polar bears that died? They, they died in a storm that uh, occurred very abruptly, and certainly there have been cases of polar bears that are victims of Mother Nature, just as people are victims of Mother, na mother Nature. Um, but they're not drowning. In fact, if you look at the footage, the footage doesn't even show a storm. I mean, uh, He doesn't he, mention the storm either, does he? No, but that's where he gets it from. He gets it from this report by the U.S. Mineral Service, where they found these four dead polar bears, and they speculate that these polar bears probably uh, drowned in a storm that occurred the, the previous day or the previous night. Um, in in that part uh, off the coast of Alaska, I believe is where it, where it was. So, well, you know, when you look itself, at the film, Kevin, uh, the water is actually calm. Right. Yeah. So it is. It, it is fictional. Um, it, it's a technique to tell a story, and like I say, 
uh, in and of itself, I have no problem with somebody using animations or reenactments to tell their story, but my point is that the Academy in the past has disqualified very compelling films because they're very strict about this standard. And now that Al Gore's film is here, they appear to be liberalizing those standards. Uh, to say nothing of what they did with Michael Moore's film. Michael Moore got uh, Oscar for Bowling for Columbine. It was found later that he just completely fabricated certain scenes. So uh, we're not dealing in theory here. We know that there's a double standard. Well, the global warming crowd is going to get a lot of attention at the Oscars this Sunday night. Uh, Kevin Moomy is my guest. He's with CNSNews.com. And, you know, the Academy Awards are going to be hosted by lesbian comedian Ellen DeGeneres, and they're going to be longer than ever, just to warn you. (laughs) Uh, But also global warming will be front and center, not only with an inconvenient uh, truth, but also with uh, this animated... cartoon happy feet uh, which promotes shamelessly global warming and uh, so you know it's no wonder Kevin that our kids uh, as this one article says aren't sleeping at night because they're afraid of global warming but I think the the other disturbing part of this is that we are looking in our Congress now uh, and even our administration on adopting policies that are going to be very expensive for our economy, that are going to change the living standard of you know people across America and maybe even across the world based on this idea that the planet is warming and that we can do something about it. Well, sure. This is, uh, at the root, this is about changing policy. And at the root, this to me is another angle to attack American sovereignty, American independence, and the American economy, to put all kinds of provisos and limitations on industry so we can't grow our economy. And we stand still while the rest, because China and India are not standing still. They're going to do whatever they want. Um, This is about another way, really, to attack the free market system in the United States. That's what it gets down to. Um, And it's very clever. There's a very sophisticated public relations strategy behind it, I think. Um, I mean, who on the surface wants to say that they're against the environment? I mean, it's like saying you're you're against cancer, you know, and you're for good weather. so this is a way of them trying to put themselves on the side of angels and sort of demonize anybody who's making an argument uh, in favor of the free market system. So you're right, there are some stakes involved here. Uh, I think that the free market side is starting to catch up. They're exposing some of the bunk science behind this. Uh, but no doubt about it, it is a politically correct idea. And that holds sway in the Academy. And I'll spare you the suspense. Al Gore probably will get Best Picture for the Oscar because his thesis is politically correct. Well, I think it's likely. Uh, Kevin, you write about this, and you write about the science, and I think people are becoming confused because you hear uh, those who have rejected letting this whole global, global warming agenda change our policy, but they are acknowledging that the planet is warming, at least in some parts of the planet. And so this is confusing to people. How do we sort this out? Well, I'll give you the short answer. There's a more complex answer. The short answer is about 11, 12,000 years ago, we had an ice age, and we are still warming up from that ice age. Uh, and that there there is some global warming, uh, the overwhelming majority of which uh, is driven by natural variability. There may be some human contribution. We talked to uh, Professor Fred Singer, an environmentalist from the University of Virginia, who has been labeled a contrarian by um, some of these environmental groups. But his studies show that if you go around cities and urban areas, there is a small human contribution. Um, by that he means you know some greenhouse gas emissions. He's a believer in the greenhouse effect, but we say when we're talking about global warming on an epic scale, it's mostly Mother Nature. It is not it is not humanity. And oh, by the way, the idea that somehow man can can control the weather and shape the history, the future of Earth, uh, proceeds from a certain arrogance. The idea that we can somehow you know uh, 
become the masters of Mother Nature uh, is a very peculiar idea. So he's telling us that there's a lot that science doesn't know. There's a lot we don't know about the weather. We've only been studying it very recently within, within the context of human history. Um, and in point of fact, uh, global warming is linked with, with Mother Nature, and there's some beneficial uh, effects to it, too. Uh, you know, some parts of the world that were previously emerged in ice uh, no longer are. I mean, uh, more available for oil exploration, uh, possibly, and, and habitation. So uh, there's a certain complexity to the debate that I think is left out of the pro, uh, I'll call it the pro global warming side. Kevin Moomy from CNSNews.com, thank you so much uh, for being with us, and thanks for this piece today. Uh, if you'd like to hear more about uh, Kevin Moomy's analysis of Al Gore's movie, and he writes a lot on this issue of global warming, you can go to CNSNews.com. As a matter of fact, I recommend you go to it every day, put it on your favorites list. Well, uh, next up, the ACLU and its allied groups, they really want to bleep God out of public life, public speech, and public education. But there's a great organization out there, the Alliance Defense Fund, that's really laying the national groundwork to successfully battle this. And we're going to talk with Mike Johnson from ADF right after this. Listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. The rights of man come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. Free at last! Thank God! We are free at last! We ever forget that we're one nation under then we will be a nation gone under. It's called Bleeping God Out of some great speeches. Ronald Reagan, Martin Luther King, and uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy in uh, that instance. And you can find the rest of that clip uh, at uh, the website myreligiousrights.com or you can go to alliancedefensefund.org. What would our society be uh, like if we were not allowed to acknowledge God in our speech and in our actions? Well, uh, the, the ACLU would uh, like to see a society like that, and so would its allied group. Groups, but there's a powerhouse organization that's risen up uh, to battle that agenda, and that's the Alliance Defense Fund. And with us, uh, with us to talk about it is Mike Johnson. He is senior legal counsel for the Alliance Defense Fund. And Mike, thanks for being with us. Hi, Penna. Great to be with you as usual. I think I've uh, read these websites wrong. They're MyReligiousRights.org and AllianceDefenseFund.org. But, Mike, uh, I want to bring up a story that I see that you guys are involved in that is absolutely incredible, having to do with uh, a 10-year-old boy up in Philadelphia who uh, wore a, wanted to wear a Jesus costume to school on Halloween. Uh, it looks like the, um, the, young, the kids in the classroom at Willow Hill Elementary School really had to wear costumes to school, and uh, otherwise they'd be basically isolated from the rest of the kids. So this is what he chose to wear with a crown of thorns. Uh, but the school said no, even though it was okay to wear uh, witch and goblin costumes. What about it? Yeah, that's exactly right. It sounds absurd, and it truly is. I mean, it's just another demonstration of how hostile to Christianity uh, some public officials have become. And, and certainly we see that, that kind of uh, real ignorance of the law, I guess is the best way to say it, in, in a lot of these school contexts. But yeah, here's this 10-year-old kid, fourth-grade student, shows up at school, 
they, they, they essentially called off classes to have an all-day kind of Halloween party and a parade. So here's a 10-year-old. He's a Christian. He has a, a sincerely held religious belief that, that has him uh, opposed to kind of the dark side of Halloween. But, but he's a 10-year-old. He still wants to, you know, get the candy and participate in the events of the day. So he and his mother come up with what they think is the perfect solution. Well, great. He'll go. He'll wear the costume. He can participate. But we'll have him go as the Savior. And that way he can kind of make, you know, send a subtle message about his faith. And, and it seems like a win-win-win. But when he showed up, Penna, he's walking through the door, literally walking in at the same time that the devil is. There are several kids literally dressed as the devil. Uh, you know, the demons, the, the, the skeleton covered with blood. All that is acceptable. But the principal singles out the Christian kid and says, oh, no, I'm sorry, you cannot dress as Jesus. That's a violation of the Constitution. Mike Johnson is my guest. He's with the Alliance Defense Fund. And, Mike, I would prefer to ignore Halloween altogether myself. That's just my personal opinion. But uh, schools don't. You usually have to celebrate. And I guess the question I have for you is, have we created a climate now that is so chilling to religious speech that schools do this type of thing preemptively? Or in most of these cases, uh, for instance, this case in Philadelphia, uh, is this because somebody has complained about students dressing up like Jesus? No, in this case, it, it was completely the decision of the, the principal, the school administration there, to, to silence this religious expression. They actually told him, you're not going to believe this. I think they, they missed the irony entirely. But they actually suggested that he instead take off the crown of thorns and pretend to be a Roman emperor, <laughs> if you get the irony there. Now, you know, <laughs> this is not motivated. I don't think, in this case, I don't think that these school officials have some sort of sinister agenda to silence Christian speech. Is it fear? I, well, I think it is. I think it is fear. I think it's uh, a misunderstanding of the law. I think we can, we can thank groups like the ACLU and their allies who have engaged in an outright campaign of fear, intimidation, and disinformation. And they have frankly confused a lot of public officials, certainly school officials, into believing that you have to have this kind of almost knee-jerk allergic reaction to any mention or expression of Christianity. And that's obviously the opposite of what the First Amendment protects. Mike, I recently saw you uh, at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and uh, as we listened to some of the speakers and the concerns of the NRB, uh, we found two concerns. One had to do with the Fairness Doctrine, uh, which we'll talk about at another time on this program. The other one had to do with hate crimes laws, which could be brought up, very likely will be brought up, in Congress. And these laws provide stiffer penalties for people who commit crimes with the motivation of uh, animus toward a homosexual, toward sexual orientation of someone. And, you know, when you look at this, you can see this moving very quickly toward what's happening in some other countries where someone expressing their religious views about homosexuality could be incarcerated or uh, charged with a crime. Uh, am, I, am I overplaying this? No, you're not. And I, I wish it was just hyperbole. I wish we were being alarmist about this, but we're not. I mean, uh, it's no longer a theoretical threat. We've seen it happen in, in some European nations. We've seen it happen in Canada, just to our north. When they enacted their, their hate speech uh, laws, it was almost immediately used as, as kind of a weapon against people of faith. Uh, because if you, if you stand up in the public square and you want to espouse, a, uh, for example, a biblical viewpoint on, the su- on a subject like homosexuality or homosexual behavior, uh, then, then you are engaging in hate speech. And so you, you see now, the reality there now is that, you know, if you're, if you're 
if you're a pastor, for example, and you're uh, preaching out of the uh, first chapter of Romans, or you want to share the story of Sodom and Gomorrah with your congregation, you are theoretically uh, now subject to, to criminal prosecution for engaging in hate speech. And there, there are example after example of, uh, you know, local Christian business people who are being fined for not, uh, for, for uh, refusing to do business, uh, to, to print, uh, in one example, to print brochures for a homosexual uh, parenting group. There was a Christian businessman who, who did not want to do that. They, they actually fined him $1,500 uh, for not wanting to do business. So it, it, it opens a Pandora's box ultimately to a, a gross limitation on religious freedom, and that ultimately is the real threat. Uh, Mike Johnson is my guest. He's with Alliance Defense Fund. If you have a question or comment uh, for him about religious speech, religious freedom, uh, the homosexual agenda, and even the uh, effort to change the definition of marriage, give us a call at 800-881-9270. Mike, I hate to pick on Philadelphia, but I think there's a clear example of uh, this attack on religious speech with regard to homosexuality that already took place in this country. You guys were involved in that up in Philadelphia. Tell us about it. Well, that's right. Uh, you know, the Philadelphia Eleven, that's a group that many people uh, may be familiar with that, that sort of um, nickname for the group. Uh, they, were, they were pretty active. They went out. There was, there was an activity called Outfest in Philadelphia. It's an annual event. Uh, out in the public streets, uh, people are engaging in homosexual behavior, literally. And it's a public-funded celebration of, of homosexual behavior. Well, here's a group of Christians. They want to go out and, and quote the Bible and express their views against that kind of behavior. You know, quintessential First Amendment speech, protected by the Constitution, no doubt about it. And yet, uh, they were arrested by local officials. They were, they, were, they were singled out for censorship and told that they didn't have the right to do that. Uh, they, they challenged those, uh, those, those criminal charges, and the battle's been kind of going on now for, for uh, over a year. Uh, on February 15th, we actually um, uh, filed a, an appeal on behalf of uh, these 11 Christians who were silenced for, for just simply publicly expressing their views on homosexual behavior. Uh, January 19th, the federal court dismissed their lawsuit. They were suing for the right to say this and to do it in the future and, and to prevent similar discrimination against other persons, uh, and yet, yet a federal court dismissed that suit. So we filed an appeal on their behalf, and we're certainly prayerful for the outcome of that case. You know, when you look at all these cases, most of these people would not be able to afford uh, to take legal action and to defend their rights, and that's why it's important that Alliance Defense Fund is out there. Well, we're taking your calls, and let's go to Joshua in Fort Worth. Joshua, you're on with Mike Johnson. Hi, Mike. I've just got a question for you. What, I've heard in uh, legal struggles. I wanted to find out what can the average Christian do, someone who's not a lawyer, someone who doesn't know the law, what would you suggest for an average church or an average Christian do to, to get involved in this sort of thing? I appreciate that question. That That is the million-dollar question. We hear it all the time, everywhere. And, uh, you know, my, my best answer to that is that, that we've got to let our voices be heard. We have to first be informed about what the threats are, what the issues are. And then I think we've got to be able to articulate why the truth should prevail. Why is the truth, and I mean the truth of the capital T, uh, why is that still defensible in this country, and why should it win? You know, uh, Part of this is just being informed. And, and then once we're informed, we need to go out and, and really be the salt and light. We need to be talking about this. We need to engage people in conversation. We need to write letters to the editor. Uh, we can form community impact uh, groups within our churches to help the rest of the congregation remain informed and, and really put our faith into action. And I think we're, we're really called to know less by Scripture. You know, I've got to credit Fox News because uh, they did uh, print the story about the lawsuit uh, preventing the boy from wearing uh, the Jesus costume. 
uh, for Halloween, actually the lawsuit that's uh, supposed to remedy that. And so that uh, was on Fox News. But a lot of times you don't hear about these stories, and they're never on the front page of the papers. So, um, you know, the resource that I use uh, is Alliance Defense Fund's Alliance Alert. I go, I get this every day emailed to me. And Mike, can you just address that? Yeah, it's a great resource. It's a, a, a free subscription. Anyone can sign up for that. It, at the website, uh, www.askadf.org, that's probably the fastest way to get there, uh, you can follow the links and, and sign up for that. And The Alliance Alert is a, an invaluable resource for anyone interested about these issues. Every day you'll get an email um, uh, sent to your inbox that has a summary of all the developments uh, out on the front lines of the culture war, so to speak, developments in the area of the sanctity of human life and traditional family values, religious freedom, and all the rest, the battle for the defense of marriage, all the things that we're involved in, and, and are nearly 1,000 Christian lawyers now across the country, all the things we're involved in defending in uh, matters that relate to those areas are, are summarized there in just a quick bullet point. So a great resource, a great way to stay informed, and really, I, like I said, kind of the first step in our being kind of activists on these issues. Mike Johnson, one of our favorite guests here on Jerry Johnson Live. Thanks for being with us today, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Penn. I appreciate you so much. Well, we gave out a lot of websites, but the one that Mike gave out is probably the key, uh, askadf.org, and uh, you can get to all the other ones. Well, next up, we'll take your calls, 800-881-9270. We'll talk about the movie Amazing Grace. We'll talk about the war in Iraq and your religious freedoms, all of that next on Jerry Johnson Live. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture in the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with his word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Amazing grace, how sweet. What do you want with an old preacher? I'm here to seek your advice. Like me. Are you contemplating a life of solitude? People like you are too much. Besides, Wilbur, you have work to do. But now I see. No one of our age has ever taken power. Which is why we're too young to realize that certain things are impossible. You're the best fighter in the house and the best speaker. Where is this little terrier spring from? I believe he's a Yorkshire terrier, my lord. One man will risk everything. Payment in kind. There's nothing you have I'd want, Your Grace. He'd fetch at least 25 guineas. The game is over. To speak for those who could not. They do this. To let you know that you no longer belong to God 
to make the blind see. We have no evidence that the Africans themselves have any objection to the trade. And to lead a movement that would change the world. Do it. Throw their dirty, filthy ships out of the water. The slave trade has 300 MPs in its pocket. It would be just you against them. If we were to outlaw the trade tomorrow, it would bring financial disaster. His enemy is my enemy. Wilberforce is a rebel. No matter how loud you shout, you will William Wilberforce fought a battle that really changed the world. He fought for human dignity, and we are fighting these battles here in the United States. We're also fighting another battle overseas in the Middle East, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And uh, that battle and our efforts are being undermined right now in the United States Congress. Vice President Dick Cheney is in Sydney, Australia, speaking on this very issue today. Uh, He's standing firm, saying the war on terrorism cannot be won using conventional means. An enemy that operates in the shadows and views the entire world as a battlefield is not one that can be contained or deterred. An enemy with fantasies of martyrdom is not going to sit down at a table for peaceful negotiations. He's the one figure in government right now that is really leaving the option uh, for military action in Iran on the table uh, because he believes that there are certain cases in which that is the only option to protect us. Uh, Dick Cheney, vice president, saying the war on terrorism is unlike any fight the world has faced before. The only option for our security and survival is to go on the offensive, face the threat directly, patiently, and systematically until the enemy is destroyed. And destroying the enemy overseas uh, is one of our goals. Another goal is uh, to basically win and prevail against those who would curtail the ability to acknowledge God and to speak of the Lord Jesus Christ, to speak of our faith in this country. And uh, that's another battle that we've been discussing today on Jerry Johnson Live. Let's go to the phones. Uh, We are taking your calls. And uh, first up is Bob and Terrell. Hi, Bob. Hi, Penny. Say, you addressed uh, this week about the Civil Union and uh, Rhode Island should be addressed as the uh, traditional marriage in the Bible. And uh, something should be addressed. If we uh, let homosexual marriage be... uh, you know, address this traditional marriage and everything like that in America, then uh, there's going to be uh, the adoption of a child into a dysfunctional family. And then we should, uh, as Christians, say there's a child like we do at Promise Keepers. Men, make sure you stand firm as a man in your family and uh, direct your child as a, um, and love your child and make sure you let them know that you're left so when they get older, they won't stray from the, the uh, Christian faith. Good point, Bob. And you know, uh, this a whole idea of civil unions and same-sex marriage, uh, you know, he brought it up. He brought up the idea of civil unions, and, of course, they took effect uh, this week in New Jersey. And uh, all, already we have civil unions in Vermont and Connecticut. Uh, there are other states that will likely pass this uh, and, of course, there's also this effort for 
full marriage rights as they have in Massachusetts. I read a story today that made me very sad uh, because it had to do with a, a, a lesbian woman, Diane Marini. She says she always used to joke that she was always the bridesmaid and never the bride because as a lesbian, she thought it was unlikely New Jersey would ever prove of same-sex marriage. She's so happy now that they did. Uh, but she's not able to participate uh, because of the death of her spouse. But it's very interesting because uh, her spouse, her partner, her partner... Marilyn Manili campaigned for gay marriage. In fact, uh, she was one of the part of one of the seven couples that sued New Jersey in 2002, demanding the right to marry. Well, they didn't get that, but they got these civil unions. Well, uh, Marilyn Manili used to be a heterosexual wife, and she and her husband had five children. But she finally found herself, and uh, she found out that uh, she was a lesbian and left her husband. And uh, took up with Mar- uh, Diane Marini. Well, Manili died of Lou Gehrig's disease in 2005. And uh, so where did she leave her children? She basically left her children in limbo because she had taken them out of this marriage to a man into this union with a woman. That's what happens when we tamper with marriage and the institution of marriage. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Kirk and Vernon. Hi, Kirk. Thanks for calling. Hello. I, I just want to, I have to say I strongly disagree with your choice of a guest on, on the anti-global warming issue. Uh, you know, there's, there's just an overwhelming majority of science that states that global warming is occurring and that the human element is a significant part of that. We need to. There are you know, scientists that say that, but uh, there is no consensus on whether well, we can do absolutely. anything about it by changing our economic policies. Absolutely, there's no consensus. There never will be in scientific development, but the overwhelming majority states that there is. And, you know, we need to take actions just in case that they are right. What if, you know, what if they are right? If they're wrong, you know, so what? We spend some money. But, we know, spend a lot of money. In fact, we really basically decimate our economy if we go with the recommendations of the Kyoto Protocol. That's why President Bush was wise in pulling us out of that. Well, folks, uh, I wish I could take the rest of your calls. We appreciate your participating in the program. Uh, it always goes too fast, it seems. But, uh, you know, this is a program that uh, encourages you and the listening audience to take action uh, on the issues that face us, to uh, communicate with our elected officials on things that are important. And uh, we try to bring those before you to give you the news items and then to give you the action items and the, the matters for prayer. And right now, uh, we've got an action item that actually could be a lot of fun for you and your family. And that is go out and see the movie Amazing Grace. It's important that Christians see it, that it get a big box office opening uh, this weekend uh, because that sends a signal to Hollywood that we really want to see uh, movies that are family-friendly, that communicate a message that's encouraging to the society. And uh, so we hope that you will continue, to, uh, that you will support that movie. Well, you know, our efforts in Iraq and Afghanistan and also the cultural battles here in this country for the freedom of religion, they're really about protecting not only a way of life, but also our existence, our continued viability, and the ability to acknowledge God and the influence of Christ in culture. That's why we fight these battles. And uh, for encouragement to continue in those battles, I recommend that you go to the Word of God and uh, this weekend go see the movie Amazing Grace. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live. 
a Christian Worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.